G'day. Um, my name's Andrew Dauncey. Uh, I'll be doing a talk on uh, Not Everything Needs to Be HA or High Availability. Uh, I'm a consultant with VMware PSO uh, based in Melbourne. Uh, my Twitter is at Daunce underscore uh, because at Daunce was taken. Uh, but that's pretty much all you want to know about me, so uh, we'll just get on to it. So when people talk about high availability, there's plenty of different ways you can have it. There's multiple power supplies. You have multiple power feeds, normally uh, a live feed plus a, uh, a battery uh, UPS. You have multiple disks, different rate types. You have dual port NICs, multiple NICs, um, paired switches. You also have VCHA. You can have vCenter HA as well. You have load balanced PSCs, um, Windows failover clustering, uh, MS SQL uh, always on groups, and stretch clusters. Now, you don't normally need to have all of these. And so you got to think, do you really need all of those types of, av of availability? Now, some people do want all of it. Um, so I like, um, yeah, this little meme I made. Um, so, oh, hang on, sorry. So just because you can use this, uh, these types of availability, doesn't mean that you should. So have a think about what it really means and do you really need that? So I see this a lot, not Batman hitting Robin, but I see this a lot with customers. A lot of customers will say, but everything must be HA. And the main thing is to stick to the requirements and think what does it mean when they say you need to have a certain level of availability. Don't go overboard and just stick to those requirements. Actually, so a lot of people do lose focus when they're doing a design. And a lot of customers will say, everything has to be HA. And normally, that someone has, has said that not understanding what it actually means. So, I had a customer where they said, everything must be HA. And I said, well, how come? And they said, oh, because so-and-so said everything has to be HA. And so in talking to them and finding out about the application, well, they were trying to have uh, multiple PSCs load balanced with vCenter HA. The um, load balancer was actually managed by a different team and they're having a lot of difficulties trying to get that combination to work. And so I said to them, well, do you really need this level of avail availability? And in talking to them, it turns out that their application is pretty good in the way it works. And they've got four sites, and they've architected it so they can lose three sites, and they can still be up and running. And this is all within the application. And I said to them, so if vCenter goes down for five minutes, do you care? And he laughs and said, well, we've got three other sites we can go to. I said, well, why are you doing all this level of availability? And so we went back and we stripped a lot of the stuff out and we ended up going back with one vCenter with an embedded PSC because that 
met the requirements and it was a lot simpler. And we got it stood up uh, in no time because we didn't have to deal with an external networking team that managed the load balancer. Um, so yeah, so that went a, a lot better. So when you look at the vCenter HA, there's an active VM, a passive VM, and a witness. So these three, M, three VMs talk to each other over a backend network, and on a failure, the passive VM pretty much just starts those vCenter services. So it probably takes about four minutes, depending on your environment, it takes about four minutes for the APIs to be uh, available, and about five minutes in total for you to log into the, the web client. Now when you compare that with the vCHA, um, if a host fails, vSender will get powered up on an available host. Um, now Photon OS is what's used for vCenter and it boots up really, really quickly. And it can in five seconds and then it'll start the services. And so again, in that case, vCenter is available bit after four minutes and the web client's normally available a little bit after five minutes, but depending on your hardware. So there's not a lot of difference in that from when you see it. So here's a little bar chart I made. So you can see that the blue is when it detects a failure. Um, for the vCHA we've got the yellow which is how long it takes to boot and you've got the green which is when it's booting up, uh, when it's loading up those services. And then you've got the web client loading up. So you can see in the testing that I did for, uh, for a customer, there's probably 20 seconds benefit for having vCenter HA, but it comes with a lot more overheads. Um, so yeah, vSphere HA is a lot simpler. It's pretty much a tick box, make sure the resources are available. Whereas vCHA, you need multiple VMs, uh, backend networks, and um, the, the, the patching uh, process is a lot more complicated as well. So when you patch vCenter HA, you patch, uh, you patch the witness, you patch the, the passive, and you fail over and you patch the active. So you gotta make sure that you're doing things in the right order. But when you're doing a, an upgrade of vCenter with HA, you pretty much have to destroy the other passive VM, the active VM, uh, the passive VM and the witness VM, and upgrade uh, vCenter, and then <clears throat> and then redeploy the um, high availability components again. So you don't have HA during that upgrade, which kind of defeats the purpose of it. So think about what you really need. Like, if you need vCenter to be up 20 seconds um, before v HA can do it, yeah, go with vCenter HA. But think about what you really need and the requirements. So when would you use vCenter HA? So does 20 seconds of vCenter downtime cause the business significant grief? Well, if it does, maybe you can go with vCenter HA. If someone says, no single point of failure, would you use vCenter HA? Nah. So think about the requirements there. And if you think you've got a justified use case of vCenter HA, I'd love to know, because there's not that many out there. So yeah, send me a tweet and, uh, and let me know.